Hey, welcome, it's great to have you here with us. I hope you're doing well, I hope you're staying safe. This morning I want to just spend a few moments and share with you a message entitled Living My Best Life. Living My Best Life. Who doesn't want to live their best life? You know, it's a pretty common phrase and sometimes you see it on, you know, social media, hashtag living my best life and it's often accompanied by uh, a picture. Is that what it looks like to, to live your best life? Is that, you know, what it really looks like? How do we go about achieving this statement that we are finally living our best life, that we're living to the full, that we're not missing out, that we're having adventures, that we're having life-changing experiences? You know, Jesus said, Jesus said that he came to give us life and life in abundance, didn't he? You know, I don't know, what, what springs to your mind when you hear about this idea of living a life of abundance? Is it, is it wealth? Is it uh, an awesome car? Is it a, a holiday home in Florida? I don't know, I think maybe those things would be, would be pretty awesome. But is that what Jesus meant when he said that he came to give us life and life abundantly do you think he was talking about an abundance of of material things no not at all he wasn't talking about an abundance in a material sense he was talking about an abundance in a spiritual sense you know when we accept Jesus into our lives he gives us the gift of eternal life he says we'll never be thirsty that we'll never be hungry that we'll never want for anything you know, I believe that in Jesus, we can live our best life. In Jesus, we can live our best life right here on earth. But nothing, nothing will compare to that life that we spend with him in eternity. Nothing can compare to that. So today what I want to do is, under this title of living my best life, I want to just share one principle today uh, that helps us to, to live out that idea of living our best life. So I hope you're with me. I hope you're expecting this morning to, to hear from God. So if we want to live our best life, I believe that we need to live a surrendered life. If you want to live your best life, you need to live a surrendered life. You know, we've been studying James, haven't we, in our, in our life groups. And in James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, submit yourselves to God. Submit yourselves to to God. That is, you know, in light of the grace that we see him showing to us, our response from that should be to submit. Our response should be to surrender our lives to him, to let him take the lead in that sense. And, and what this isn't saying is it's not a reluctant surrendering. It's a willingness submission. It's not a reluctant surrendering. It's a willing submission. Spurgeon said this, if God were a tyrant, it might be courageous to resist. But since he is a father, it's ungrateful to rebel. I think that's a really interesting thought. It helps us to perhaps get our mind around what it looks like to live a surrendered life, because it's not something that we're, we're, we feel pressured into, but actually it's a natural response from the grace and the love that our Heavenly Father shows to us. You know, we should submit to God because he created us. We should submit to God because his rule and his plan for our life is good for us. We should submit to him because, you know, in essence, resistance is futile in that sense. Submission is absolutely necessary for our salvation. 
and we should submit to God because it's the only way that we can have peace in him. So we need to live a surrendered life. And then that verse goes on, draw near to God. Submit yourselves then to God and draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You know, there's relationship here, isn't there? It's, it isn't submission to a, a dictatorial ruler, actually it's surrender to a loving father. There's a, there's a two-way connection here. There's kind of a, a give and take. As we surrender our lives to God, he then gives his life back to us and he knows what's best for us. You know, for the parents out there, you know, oftentimes we, we find that we know what's best for our child. And so we might speak that into their life and we might suggest that, that they're making the wrong choices and perhaps they want to do something else. And I don't know, sometimes they, they decide that they know best. But more often than not, it's the parent that knows best. And that's absolutely the case when it comes to our Heavenly Father. He knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for us. And and he wants for us a life of abundance. He's not putting us under pressure. He's not forcing us to do anything because he wants us to do something. He's just guiding us and showing us how we can live this abundant life that he wants for us. Do you know, in, in the Old Testament, when Moses came acron- across the burning bush, God said to him, stop, don't come any further. Take off your sandals for the place where you're stood is holy ground. But in the New Testament, God says, draw close, draw close to me. There's this invitation from, from him to us to, to get close, to be intimate, to have that relationship with him. He said, let the children come to me, didn't he? There's no longer this barrier between us and God. There is this direct path where we can have relationship with him and it's by his grace that we can have that relationship, that intimate relationship with him. So how do we do that? How do we draw near to God? Well, we draw near, don't we, through through praise. When we worship him, when we pray to him. We're drawing close. We're, we're getting into that quiet place like we talked about a few weeks ago. We're, we're getting alone, just us and him, and we're worshipping him, and we're praising him, and we're praying to him. And maybe that's corporately, and we're gathered together, and we're worshipping him, but in that moment, we're drawing close to God. We can draw close to him through, through having communion with him. We can draw close to him through surrendering our lives to his perfect will, and purpose. You know, shortly before Jesus went to the cross, he was teaching his disciples what it looks like to have a life in him. And he said in, in Mark chapter 8, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels will save it. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? There's absolutely a call here for us to live a surrendered life. But it's not saying that this surrendered life that that he's calling us to is going to be easy. It's going to be plain sailing. It, It means handing over control. I don't know about you, but I am absolutely 
a control freak. I like things to be done a certain way. I like things to be just so, you know, you can ask my family. They absolutely recognize that. And, and, and what happens there is that there comes from that mindset, essentially a pattern that says, well, I need to do everything because if I let someone else do it, they're going to do it wrong. So I may as well just do it myself. But I don't know if you've ever tried to do that, it's it's not sustainable, is it? If you try to do everything yourself, it's just not sustainable. So we need to hand over control of, of certain parts of our lives. We need to hand over responsibility of, of certain things to, to free ourselves up, to not burden ourselves with, with everything that needs to get done. But in order to allow someone to, to do something that I feel responsible for, in order for me to kind of release someone into that, I have to go through this internal battle that says but I know I'll do it better but I can't do everything myself I want it to look like this if I let them do it it might not look like that and there's this kind of struggle this back and forth that goes on but essentially it gets to a point where you've got to recognize that you've got to allow other people to do it I don't know maybe that sounds a bit a bit big-headed but I'm, I'm just being honest with you here the struggle is absolutely real I'm hoping it's not just me that's sitting here thinking that. But you know, we need to just get over that internal battle and allow others to do to do it instead of us and, and almost accept that it's not gonna be as good as we want it to do or, or accept that it's not gonna look how we want it to look. But I think, you know, sometimes I'm allowed, I allow myself to do that. Sometimes I, I get over that internal struggle, but if I'm honest, more often than not, I just do it myself. I tell myself it's it's easier that way and, and you know I can be certain that it'll turn out how I want it to be. So I don't know, there's this battle. I'm, I'm hoping it's not just me. Maybe I'm just talking nonsense. But I think that in those moments where I'm having these struggles, Jesus calls me out and he says, hey, buddy, you just need to chill out a bit. You need to just relax. You need to just let go a bit. In fact, in reality, he's not saying let go a bit. He's saying let go completely. Wow. Now, now that's a challenge, isn't it? We need to let go completely. <sighs> Look at this in the Passion Translation puts that that verse in Mark like this. If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own. As you continually surrender to my ways. Continually. So that's not just a a one-time decision. It's a regular decision. It's a daily decision, sometimes hourly, sometimes minute by minute decision. Continually surrender to my ways. For if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you'll continually experience life. So while this, uh, this, this call to live a surrendered life is is one that's supposed to be continuous. It's one that's ongoing. It's one that's happening day by day. The promise there is that when you do that, you'll continually experience true life. You see, in the attitude of surrender, we find true life. In the attitude of surrender, we find true life. If you want to live your best life, surrender to Jesus. It's that simple. Except it's not simple at all, is it? You know, we need to hand over control to him. We need to put our faith in him. We need to rely on him. I believe that a surrendered life brings peace. 
I believe that a surrendered life brings peace. And, and here's why, because when we surrender to Jesus, when we hand over control to him, when we give our plans and our purposes and our future over to God, it, it removes the pressure from us. It takes away that, that challenge, that difficulty, that, that need for us to succeed. It takes it all away. Paul puts it like this. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer I who live, but, but Christ living within me. You know, because of the cross, there was this divine exchange where, where Jesus gave his life for us. And so we give our lives to him. We say, here, you have control. You, you take the lead. You, you have the driver's seat. We hand our life over to him and he hands his life over to us in return. And Jesus is the only one who lived a perfect life. So that means that, that the life that we live in our, in our own humanity, when we try our best to succeed and yet we fail, when we try to make these plans for our future and they fall short of, of God's plans, well, we can just hand it all over to God and, and he replaces that with his life, a perfect life, a plan that is completely in the plan and the, and the will of God. So it removes that pressure from us, doesn't it? You know, sometimes we, we try to make plans or we try to prepare for our, our future, but they absolutely fall short. You know, when we don't seek God's input in our life, when we just plow on ahead and think, I know what's best for me, I, I can do this on my own, we, we go way off the mark. We, we race off the path that God has got laid out for us. And that path isn't a isn't a path that leads to destruction. That path is a path that leads to abundant life. But in order to go down that path, in order to walk that, that narrow path, we need to surrender fully to God. You see, in our own strength, when we try to do life in our own strength, it, it's never going to be good enough. When we put Jesus in charge, the one who paid the price, the one who gave his life, the one who made that ultimate sacrifice, the one who lived a perfect life. It's only when we continually work out our lives in him and through him that we'll be walking in the plans and purposes that God has for our lives. You know, we try to live our best life without God, but I don't know about you, but I think that when we're living like that, we're never truly satisfied, are we? It's only when we put our trust in God that we can have that abundant life that he talks about. And that verse in Galatians, it goes on and it says, And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And what that verse is saying here is that the key to living a surrendered life is faith. The key to living a surrendered life is faith because faith connects you intimately with Jesus. When we have faith in him, when we put our trust in him, it, it makes that relationship between Jesus and us, it, it makes us one. We're no longer two separate entities, but we're one. Christ, who lives in me. We, we become one. And, and that means that we can root ourselves in the knowledge that his righteousness is our righteousness. And his victory 
is our victory. And the same power that flowed through the veins of Jesus now flows through our veins through the Holy Spirit at work in us. You see, in that moment on the cross where where Jesus made that ultimate sacrifice for us and this divine exchange happened, we say, God, I want to give my life to you as a natural response to that. Not because I'm being forced to, not because I'm being pressured to, but because I want to demonstrate my love for you. Because I recognise that that your will, that your plan, that your purposes are greater, far greater than anything that I could cook up in my own strength. So I surrender my life to you. And in return, he gives us his life, his perfect life, his life that's filled with grace and love and righteousness and eternity. He replaces our temporal life with an eternal life. He says, this is how you can have a life that is abundant, abundant in me, because we are surrendering to him. Friends, if you want to live your best life, if you want to live a life of abundance, if you want to live that life that God's calling you to lead, that that is fulfilled with all of the things that he has got for you, then you need to live a surrendered life. You need to surrender it all over to him. We need to let God take control. We need to hand him the wheel, give him the driver's seat of our lives and say, do you know what? You take the lead. And then we can just sit back almost and just watch the amazing and incredible places that he will take us to. Places that that are far beyond anything we could ever imagine. Places that, that we could only dream of. Because when God's in control, he wants to give us a life of abundance. He wants to give us more than we ask or imagine. And as I've already said, it just because it, it, it sounds so wonderful, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You know, there's going to be some challenges. There'll be some battles along the way. You'll find yourself stumbling. You'll find yourself taking back control of your life and, and veering off course. But he's always there, ready to take control back, to to receive control back when we're willing to to hand it over to him. We need to trust in God. We need to trust in him. We need to have faith in him. And when we hand over our lives to God, when we do that, we demonstrate that we have that faith in him. And that's what he asks of us. He asks for us to have faith in him. So if we want to live our best life today, we need to live a surrendered life. Why don't we pray? Father God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you that that you sent your son to earth to die for us, to pay that ultimate price so that we can have a relationship with you. And I pray that, that as we look upon the cross, as we gaze towards that empty tomb, that we recognise that you are the only one who lived a perfect life. And so our response to your incredible act of generosity, of love, of sacrifice, our natural response to that is to surrender our lives to you. So we hand it over. We say, God, you take control. We say, God, we have complete faith and trust in you because you know the beginning from the end, because you are the Alpha and the Omega, because you are perfect in every way. 
So we hand over control of our lives, knowing that you will lead us into this life of abundance that you want for us. So we thank you for your promises. We thank you for your goodness. And we say, your will be done, not ours. Your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.